listening to a Called Collective podcast, where we seek to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. The Called Collective produces multiple podcasts, which you can find in the description below. To learn more about The Called Collective, visit our website at thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Called Collective. and welcome to Fresh Text. Fresh Text is a weekly podcast where we uh, study a scripture passage, sometimes drawn from the Revised Common Lectionary, but always seasonally seasonably appropriate uh, for the uh, edification of all our listeners, but especially for the equipping of those who are preparing sermons or lessons for the upcoming weeks, Uh, pastors, teachers, uh, all Christians who might be uh, ready to receive a word from Scripture. So, my uh, I'm your host, John Drury. I'm professor of New Testament and of spiritual formation uh, for Indiana Wesleyan University in Marion, Indiana. And I have no guest this week uh, other than myself and the Scriptures that are before us. I thought since it was the uh, Christmas season— and most pastors uh, uh, prepare a little further ahead of time during this season that it would maybe be more helpful uh, just to offer a brief meditation on a seasonably relevant passage of Scripture. So I picked a little odd one uh, just to reflect a little bit this morning. This is John chapter 7, verses 40 through 44. John 7, 40 through 44. Uh, you'll see why in a moment when I read it. So so I hope you enjoy the show. Feel free to pass it along to others, just pressing the share button on your podcast player app. And uh, yeah, after uh, the break, we'll come back and I'll read the passage for you. And we'll have a few moments of silence for reflection, as well as a few thoughts of my own uh, to guide you. Uh, so thanks for listening and enjoy this uh, brief meditation on John 7. John chapter 7, verses 40 through 44. When the crowd heard these words, some of them said, This really is the prophet. Others said, This is the Messiah. But some asked, Surely the Messiah does not come from Galilee, does he? Did not the scripture say that the Messiah is descended from David and comes from Bethlehem, the village where David lived. So there was a division in the crowd because of Jesus. Some of them wanted to seize him, but no one laid hands on him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's just take a moment per our custom, a silent moment, and just picture the scene. Uh, Notice what you notice, the characters in the story, the different folks in the crowd. During the time of Jesus, this is the Feast of Tabernacles in Jerusalem, about a half year before his final uh, arrest and crucifixion. 
and the crowds are debating and discussing. So see the different characters in the story, some saying he's a prophet, others a messiah, others questioning how he could be the messiah since he comes from Galilee rather than from Bethlehem, David's city. Um, So reflect on these words, picture the scene, and after a moment of silence that we'll give you, which you can extend if you wish by simply pressing pause and setting a timer for yourself. After a little time, I'll, I'll jump back in, read the passage again, and offer a few brief thoughts to guide us in our second stretch of silence that'll come after that. So enter now into a moment of reflection. Listen now to the word of God a second time. John chapter 7, beginning at verse 40. When they heard these words, some in the crowd said, This really is the prophet. Others were saying, This is the Messiah. Yet they were saying, But surely the Messiah does not come from Galilee, does he? Has not the scripture said that the Messiah is descended from David and comes from Bethlehem, the village where David lived? So there was a division in the crowd because of him. Some of them wanted to seize him, but no one laid hands on him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So this is an odd little passage because for us, especially in the Christmas season, but for not only most Christians, but uh, most folks, even whatever their status of belief uh, in the Western world and even beyond, it's widely known that Jesus was born in Bethlehem and therefore is from the city of David and is a descendant of David. And yet here, these folks in the crowd are questioning Jesus' messianic status because he's from Galilee rather than from Judea. From, he's from Nazareth rather than from Bethlehem. He doesn't seem to be the son of David, so how could he be the Messiah, the son of God? And, of course, <laughs> this is appearing in the book of John which has no birth story at its beginning, but rather begins with a poem celebrating uh, the word that was with with God in the beginning and became flesh for us and dwelled among us and we beheld his glory. There's this strong theme of incarnation that seems in our minds to be linked to the Christmas story. And yet there is no Christmas story, strictly speaking, in the book of John. In fact, this is, in a way, the Johannine Christmas story, because the stories that begin the Gospels of Matthew and Luke 
are in some ways an answer to the question of the crowd here. How is it that this man can be the Messiah if he is from Galilee, if his name is Jesus of Nazareth, a little town in Galilee? How could he possibly be the Messiah who must come from the line of David and be born in Bethlehem? So this whole passage raises the question for us, how widely known was the Christmas story? Surely not widely known during the time of Jesus, but perhaps even uh, for years, maybe even for decades after Jesus' death and resurrection, the stories clearly centered, as you can see in the sermons in Acts, the stories centered on his death and resurrection expanding also to include the stories of his miracles and of his teaching. And it's only at a later time when the stories were finally shared of how he got his start. And that means that Jesus himself, when he was pressed on this question, of course, Jesus was always very coy about his specific identity as a Messiah. He was always working in an indirect way to answer that question. But it's quite clear that that Jesus did not say, well, have I ever told you the great story of my birth? This was not a story he told about himself. We have no reason to believe he did. It wouldn't be in his character anyway, and it wouldn't fit the way that he responded to such questions. Nor was this story widely told uh, in the early days of Christianity. At some point, the question was pressed. Perhaps Luke himself did some interviews. Perhaps he met the mother of our Lord, Mary of Nazareth, perhaps she shared some of these stories. I mean, he hints at that with the phrase repeated a number of times, and she hid all of these things in her heart, as if to imply these were treasured stories that she kept close to her heart that weren't revealed until the time came. And so the author of John either himself didn't know these stories, or he did, but kept them uh, held back in order to keep the mystery alive to keep the controversy in the story to give us a sense and feel for what it was like to be there and then even though we having read the prologue and believing in Jesus know who he is we may not know we haven't been given all the information about his life that we might have now this is not just a historical curiosity of when the birth narratives emerged as uh public stories but also a a little mystery and moral for us. Uh, the mystery is the simple truth that God reveals what is to be revealed in the time it is meant to be revealed. In fact, the whole history of God's dealings with us that are fulfilled in Jesus Christ have a sort of a little microcosm here in the way that the Christmas story itself, though it happens at the beginning of the story of Jesus, may have been one of the last things to be made public. And in this way, that parallels the whole history of the covenant. Jesus himself, who, whose name has been the name of the Messiah from and to all eternity, from the very beginning, in the beginning was the word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, the Word that became flesh in Jesus, the name of the Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth, has been 
held in the heart of God, treasured in God's heart from the very beginning of time. And yet, in the story of the covenant, it's what is revealed last in sequence. It comes at the end, though it's from the beginning, it is not revealed until the end. And in a smaller way, that's exactly how the story plays out with the Christmas story. Though it's what happens at the beginning, it is not manifest and revealed until the end. This is how God works. And that's not just the mystery, but also the moral of the story. This is how God works with us. Sometimes the very thing that's most important, that's most basic, the way things got started, is hidden from us. Or sometimes we ourselves know something deep in our backstory. We come to realize that God was at work a long time before our conversion, a long time before we made any movements towards God. We begin to perceive how God was already moving towards us. And yet it's often those very stories, sometimes because they're bound up with hard times, difficult seasons. It's sometimes those very stories that are the last that we're ready to share. So though they may have happened at the beginning, they are revealed at the end. And to give yourself some patience and understanding in those things being revealed to you, as well as when it's time for you to reveal them to others. Because all of us in our own way are invited to, like Mary, treasure these things in our hearts. So take a moment now just to reflect on this mystery and consider what moral it has for you. We'll give you a little silence. If you want to press pause and extend it, feel free to do so. And just set a timer for yourself. And then we'll close our silence by saying the Lord's Prayer and then bring our time to a close. And now let us pray as our Lord Jesus taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this brief meditation. Thanks to uh, the Called Collective team for helping produce this show. Uh, thanks to Todd, Eric, and Tom uh, for helping start this show all those years ago. And uh, thank you listeners for getting the word out about the show. We, I guess we usually say, have a good preach and a great week, but I'll just throw in a Merry Christmas as well. Bye-bye.